Well, just when it comes to medical ministry, the whole theme for this whole week is we want to follow Christ's example. So when it comes to medical ministry, if we're following Christ's example, we want to look at what he did when he, when he was here on earth. And um, I think I'm not, I think Corolla mentioned it, how Jesus spent very little time preaching and a lot of time healing. And he, we only have one sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. That's all we have for his whole time. And um, one of the people that I work with at the school, her name is Di Clutie, she shared something with me that just really resonated. And she said, if you look at the word preach, um, think about it as take the P away and... Um, the P stands for personally. You want to personally reach people. And that's when people will be receptive and open for you then to share information with them. And something that Corolla always shares with, with the students is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think massage is a way that we can let people know that we really care about them instead of just telling them, oh, I'll pray for you, I hope you feel better. We want to actually do something to try to help them. And um, I know we've shared a lot of techniques and we've shared a lot of advanced things with you in this workshop that may be a little intimidating for some of you. Um, some of you um, have been kind of working with things already, so it's not so scary. But um, even if you can't remember what which is the stretched area and what's the tight area, even if you just go soothe the stretched area, even if you work on someone's shoulders when they're tight, um, just that you can give someone instant relief from that pain. You may not be you know, taking away the cause and doing all the stuff that we've been talking about, but even if you just touch someone, pray with them, and just give them a little bit of your time and attention, it can mean so much to someone who is struggling with pain, constant pain, and feeling like they're all alone and they're hopeless and no one cares, just a simple touch and a prayer can be so, so powerful. And so we just want to reach out to people more. I think it comes down to actually caring about others. And sometimes we don't even have that naturally. Everyone, some people you meet and you just want to get to know them. There's, they, there's something about them that just attracts and you want to be their friend. And other people don't always, sometimes we come from different backgrounds and sometimes we don't always get along with everyone that we meet. But what's amazing is that even if you don't have that natural chemistry with somebody, if we, when we pray, God will give us that love in our hearts. And I've found that um, often I start caring the most for those that naturally I may not have had that natural feeling for at first. As we pray and God fills our hearts with His love, um, it's just as beneficial to us to have that experience. It's actually much more beneficial to us to have that experience of um, that change in our hearts that God creates. So just the most important thing is to have our hearts transformed and to care about others and want to reach them and want to help them. Um, and when people feel that from us, they feel that we care about them, then their hearts and minds will be open and God will be able to work through us to do things that we wouldn't even imagine. Um, and when it comes to massage, a lot of you may have heard there's a lot of spiritualism mixed in with massage. And it can make massage a little bit scary sometimes because of all the chakras and the energy and all the things that people do in massage. 
And simply put, massage is a spiritual thing. The, um, there is this very spiritual aspect to massage. And so what we want to do as Christians is that's why we pray before we work on someone because we want God to come in and touch that person's life. We want that part to be, ex we want them to be exposed to God. And basically the difference between the New Age um, teachings and the Christian form of massage where we pray and ask God to bless is in the New Age philosophy, people actually start to believe that they are healers. They believe, often they are taught to imagine healing as they work on the body. And they believe that they, the energy from their body is actually creating healing in the person they work on. And what this does is it gives people a sense of power and importance and they feel that you often get massage therapists that can become very conceited and feel that they are able to affect healing. They're so special. They have this healing, these, this talent, this healing, healing, these healing hands. And um, I do believe that God has given us all talents and that people can be very talented and blessed to do massage. But what we want to do that's different is we want to ask God to work through us and have him work through us because Spirit of Prophecy tells us that even if we don't have all the knowledge, that angels will work through what we do and they, God can heal people far beyond the natural remedy that we're even doing. And so um, we have to remember that Jesus on earth, he had the full divine capability to be able to heal. He would, in his own power, he could do it. But every time he healed someone, he prayed and he asked God to do it. So he didn't do anything, not one thing, that we cannot do. And so that's what we want to. Is there any time that we want to work on someone and not ask God to bless what we're doing? I know that as a therapist, it's my personal secret, um, is asking God to work through me so that if someone, if you do have a wonderful result, we can truly say, Praise be to God. We want to always give the praise to God and not take it to ourselves because we, we can't handle that kind of thing um, and it's not good for us spiritually and we don't want people to look at us. We want to always point people to Christ and lift Christ up in everything that we do. So I really want to encourage you not to be intimidated. Um, even if you don't feel up to some of the more advanced techniques that we did in the class, um, don't be afraid to reach out and touch someone. Even just do some gentle, soothing treatments. Think about what Linda shared the first day with the shingling. Just this real gentle, soothing treatment that is very, very simple and easy to do. You will be amazed at the results that, of just giving support and caring to people. There's a large emotional component to pain as well. It's, um, it's amazing how people, if they believe that they're being taken care of, they feel better even if you know, they haven't had any treatment. It's amazing how that works. They did a study on placebos. You've heard a lot about placebo studies, right? Where people come in and bring medication and bring a sugar pill. Well, they've even done um, studies on placebos where you have two placebos being given one being given by a friendly nurse who's telling the person, this medicine is really going to help you, and an, 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 a mean nurse who just gives the medicine and leaves. And they find that the placebo given by the caring, friendly nurse, those people do so much better than the placebo given by the mean nurse. 
So our attitude and um, the mind is so powerful. Remember that 90% of disease starts in the mind. Spirit of Prophecy tells us this. So um, if someone believes that, you know, God, especially the prayer too, um, just knowing that, you know, how many people came to Jesus and their real problem was guilt because of sin? So just knowing that God cares for us and lifting someone up in prayer, we don't always know what someone's going through and what's on their mind, what burdens they're under. Just lifting them up in prayer can be so powerful. So let's start with prayer before we go any further. Dear Lord, and Dear Lord, please be with us today in this classroom. I pray that your spirit will be here. I pray that you will forgive us any of our sins and that you'll come into our hearts and fill us with compassion for others. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I'm just going to do a quick review on what we did, covered yesterday, if you remember the low back pain, sciatic pain, which we started with. We talked about checking to see if the hips are even. And all you have to do is just find the tops of the hip bones and then look at your thumbs, see if they're even. And then we worked on the muscles on the, underneath the low hip. Does it make sense? You want to work underneath the low hip to see what's pulling it down. And uh, we worked on TFL, that little muscle in the front, gluteus and gluteus medius, although I have found TFL really is often the muscle that is involved. Um, and then after loosening, you can recheck the hips and you should see that they even up if you loosen up what's pulling them down. So then we went to work on the, on the muscles above the high hip. And remember, those get tight because the hips are uneven. They get tight because you're not stacked up and they're tightening up to straighten you out. So even though these are the ones that cause the pain most of the time, if you really want to help them, even the hips out as well. So we talked about how psoas pulls on those attachments along the spine and causes a lot of pain. And then we showed you guys a technique for psoas. And I just wanted to mention, you, know, you have a lot of other tight muscles around psoas. And I think when we were just standing and trying to push in, it's important to be relaxed in this area before your body will let you in. So I do have a new little roster just to send around. And um, just check your name. Make sure that everything is correct and sign your name. This is for the certificates. So, um, and I just want to reiterate again how important it is that nothing should be painful or uncomfortable. So if you're working on something, on somebody, and you see them wincing, and you can feel their body tightening up, that's your sign that something's, it's a little bit too much pressure, or maybe, um, especially with a psoas, sometimes with the intestines being there, we need to go in very slowly so the organs have time to move out of the way of your fingers. So then we did a real simple psoas stretch, and I find, if someone has a tendency to have a tight psoas, doing the stretch every day might be a really good thing to, to do. Especially if we've been sitting for long periods of time, that muscle shortened. If it's shortened for a long time, it can just want to stay short. And then we had that really neat little exercise. 
that's safe for people with bad knees where you contract in the opposite muscle which is gluteus maximus and that forces so as to relax. So the next muscle that's involved with a high hip is a muscle called quadratus lumborum and it's a really small muscle, it's quad shaped, it's kind of rectangular, really small, it's the hip hiker muscle and you can see that it, it attaches onto the 12th rib or the floating rib on the top. It, it also has attachments to the spine all along and then onto the iliac crest here. So this muscle, the best way to um, reach it, and I have a little picture here, um, it is not necessary to pull someone's underwear down, so I'm not sure why they're doing that in this picture, but um, <laughs> Just look at the thumb. If you go in straight at the side, this is trigger point for oblique. The um, quadratus lumborum is way back. So if you just put your hand on your side, right in the middle, right in the middle of the side, then go back about an inch, back from the midline about one inch, then push in straight to the spine, nice and slow, going slowly. You should feel there's a really strong band of muscle right here and um, it will, if you kind of um, do a little side bend, you'll feel it will intensify as you stretch it and get a little softer as you come closer. That's how you know that you're on the correct muscle. Quadratus lumborum is often also involved with low back pain, a very important low back pain muscle and often if someone's Quad QL, quadratus lumborum, or off, I normally just say the QL, is tight, people will make, they will kind of do this action. Often when someone says it hurts right here and they're drawing lines, often that's because they're feeling, and I'm going to back this up a little bit, they're feeling these attachments, it's pulling on the attachments and they'll feel the pain along this 12th rib or the iliac crest, so that's a real easy sign to see if someone is tight there. And on the high hip, it's going to be especially tight because if the hip were high, you would see that this whole area is shortened. So loosening that's also going to help just balance somebody out again. Okay, so a really simple side stretch. This is how you stretch QL. Let's all stand up and just do the stretch. <laughs> Just put your hand on your hip and stretch to the side. Oh yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> oh, wow. And if you act actively bend to the side, you're shortening the opposite side and causing it to relax even more. <laughs> Did anyone find it a little tighter going one way more than the other? Or was it pretty equal? Pretty equal? If someone's a little off on their hips, often one side is going to be tighter. But it can be tight on both sides as well. Okay, there's some other muscles that are always involved with uneven hips. And the reason for this is the fact that um, when hips are uneven, they're not just high and low like this. They actually will twist. 
So the low hip normally twists back and the high hip normally twists twist forward. So you have more than just a high-low thing happening. There's actually a little rotation in there with the iliac crest. So normally um, you'll see the ex you have on the one side internal obliques will be tighter, on the other side external obliques will be tighter. But don't worry about which side is which, just know that on both sides you want to work the obliques as well. And obliques are really easy to work. What we did earlier, taking our hand, taking it straight into the side, do you feel a little bit of tightness in there? Just take some deep breaths. See if it starts to ease up a little bit. This is a great trigger point for obliques because you have both internal and external obliques crossing over each other right here on the side. Oh, it's feel, mine's feeling a little bit better already. <laughs> Something else you can do besides just trigger pointing straight in the side is you can hold on and squeeze. Oh. And I'm kind of tight here. I don't know about you guys. Just a nice squeeze. Anyone feeling tenderness there? Now, one thing that I have found is often people will be told if they have lower back pain, they need to strengthen their core. And so they'll start to really work the abdominal muscles. But what I have found is often tight abdominal muscles that are clogged and not healthy will cause will pull in the front and they'll cause the low back to be stretched and become very painful, especially the SI joint. Often when people have pain way back down in that SI joint, if you think again, it, um, we feel stretch pain. So if that S, what's pulling on that SI joint to stretch it and make it so painful? Um, often massage therapists will dig into that SI joint, really work it, but they're really just loosening the joint a little bit more so you don't feel the stretch, so it does feel better but they're not taking care of what's causing it. So often tightness here in the abdominals have a lot to do with that SI joint pain in the back. But with those uneven hips, obliques are always involved with that. So someone with scoliosis, anyone who has uneven hips, you really want to work the obliques. They're very, very important. So really easy, just kind of pinching and squeezing the whole side here. You get on the one side, you're getting um, external, on the other side you're getting internal obliques a little bit more. So once again, this does take a little bit of um, patience to loosen up on someone, but these, these are really simple techniques. For the um, trigger point on the side, you can kind of feel with your fingers. When you do it to yourself, you can feel the tenderness probably, probably before you feel the, the, firm, the tightness under your fingers. But just as you push in gently, um, you'll feel resistance where it's tight. And just make sure you do this gently because it can be pretty intense. And often we're meaner to ourselves than we would be to someone else. So take it easy on yourself too. <laughs> um, one thing, ev every time we try to work on a muscle, we want to go gent. Someone was sharing this with me in the class. We want to go gently but purposefully. We want, we want to know what muscle we're trying to work on, and we want to go in with purpose. We don't want to be just kind of feeling around. We want to go gently but purposefully. 
And this really is a principle that applies in so many other areas of life as well, not just massage. You want to be gentle but purposeful in the way that we work. Okay, so straightening out the hips will relieve low back pain and stop sciatic pain by taking the pressure off the nerve. And I have a little picture here of um, the sciatic nerve. And you can see the inflamed sciatic nerve um, on the one side. The one, normally, people will feel it on one side only, although I have worked on people with double sciatic pain as well. Um, something interesting is that 98% of sciatic pain is caused by the nerve being compressed at the lumbar spine. Um, and that's right here where it exits the spine. This is where most of the time the compression um, actually takes place. And as a massage therapist, I was always trained that there's this thing called piriformis syndrome. Um, in some people, it's 10 to 15% of people, the sciatic nerve actually goes through, through the piriformis muscle, which is right around here somewhere. And in some cases, um, the piriformis muscle can press on the nerve and cause sciatic pain. But this is not the usual cause of sciatic pain. Remember, 98% scientific studies tell us 98% of sciatic pain is caused by the nerve being compressed at the lumbar spine, which is actually coming out of the lumbar vertebra. So keeping that in mind, sciatic pain will be on the high side. This is um, a very uneven hip, so we can just see what it looks like. Um, and can you see that these vertebrae are being pulled in close together? So where the nerve comes out, it's getting pinched right where the nerve exits the spine. So um, just remember the tight TFL and gluteus medius are on the non-hurting side. Normally the low side will not be hurting. If someone has sciatic pain, it's normally on the high side of the hip where that nerve is getting compressed. And they normally feel the pain here. But where do we want to work? On the side, that's, that's making it uneven, exactly. So QL, psoas, and the internal obliques will be tightest on the high side or the hurting side. So as all these muscles get shortened up here, you can see very easily, if you just look at an uneven hip, you can see how those muscles are getting shortened. And they are causing a lot of low back pain and nerve compression. So sometimes people have the uneven hips and they just have low back pain. They don't have any sciatic pain. It's because they're feeling that psoas probably or the QL pulling at, at the attachments. But sometimes um, they could have sciatic pain if the nerve is being pinched as it exits the spine. So um, some other muscles too um, that can be involved with uneven hips Often the adductors, these are the muscles on the inner thigh, can get tight too when hips are uneven. So just keep that in mind. You know, sometimes people work everything and someone is still having pain because there's still some tightness. If you think about the hips, um, we may not always realize it. We think of the hips as, you know, the pelvis as being solid. But the pelvis consists of three different, you have three bones, two iliac crests and the sacrum and you have three joints. It's not a solid thing. So when, when the pelvis gets uneven or 
um, muscles get tight, it tweaks the whole area. And so this whole area tends to get very tight because the body wants to stabilize the, the joints. As soon as something gets tight and it's getting twisted, um, the body says, uh-oh, we need to stabilize. And so all the muscles in this whole area will just tighten down to try to provide stability. So often, you know, there's quite a bit of work that needs to be done to loosen up this whole area. Okay, something else that can help if someone has that sciatic pain after loosening everything up and getting everything even, um, just doing a gentle pull on the legs can also help separate the vertebra so that that nerve has more space as it's exiting. And also remember drinking water that plumps up the little um, spaces between the vertebra, the cushion between the vertebra as well. So drinking lots of water is good too for people who have um, sciatic pain. And if you do traction on the legs, just make sure you're not pulling with your arm strength. Always just lean back with your whole body. Normally, we wouldn't do it this way. We, us therapists, normally have someone lying on a table. This was just the best picture I could find on the internet <laughs> without taking one myself. Okay, so um, we often hear that the Bible should be the textbook for every course that we learn. And when I learned this about the uneven hips, I found that just about everyone with sciatic pain, I could take care of their pain in almost no time, take care of their low back pain. It was so exciting to me. And then one of my students um, sent me, told me they discovered this in the Bible. Proverbs 26.7 says, the legs of the lame are not equal. And um, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. And it's so true, if you have sciatic pain, it gets to where it's hard to even walk. When people have low back pain, they're not, they're not able to be um, as mobile. And I thought, here's the answer. I thought I discovered, you know, we discovered this great new thing. And it's in the Bible, God said so, so long ago that uneven legs, if a leg's uneven, it's the hips you want to check, um, make someone lame. I thought that was really neat. And I really do believe if we, if we study the Bible for every subject, um, there's no limit to the knowledge that we can achieve. So if there's still sciatic pain after straightening the hips, and I have to tell you, I've never had to do this. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, um, in my practice, always doing this recipe that I gave you has taken care of the problem. But if they're still having sciatic pain and it didn't help, a possibility that the piriformis could be entrapping the nerve. This is the muscle. That's little piriformis. It's right in the glute. Um, most of the time, if you just go for this piriformis from the beginning, you can actually aggravate the nerve because just because they're feeling it there doesn't mean that's where the problem is. But I thought I'd just share that with you in case that little recipe doesn't work. You may want to work on the piriformis muscle and just sinking in very gently. This is one area where sometimes you can have nerve pain if you work in the glute right there because the, the sciatic nerve does go right through that muscle in some people or underneath it in most people. So if you are working in the glutes, deeply in the glutes, and you feel the person feels increasing pain, numbness, tingling, these are signs that you're on the nerve and you may want to get off that area. At least ease up your pressure, get off that spot. But as I said again, 
I haven't really had to work on the piriformis for these things. So this is how people work on the piriformis. Um, gently press into the muscle located in the middle of the glutes with fist or forearm, and then just wait till it softens or relaxes, just like we've done with all the other muscles that we're loosening up. Okay, so what do you do if someone has low back pain and their hips are even? I spent a lot of time on the uneven hips because so often that's what it is. Um, so what we want to do, we know that the low back's getting stretched, right? So if the hips are even, we want to start thinking, well, what muscles could be pulling on this low back to strain it or stretch it? It could be coming from several different places. So often I find that the abdominals are what is causing low back pain. They're so important, especially if someone falls. Um, if they fall on their back or their tailbone, often as they fall, everything tightens in the front and then it actually even pulls the iliac crest. I had one person, a neighbor, who asked me if I could help her and she was telling me, she showed me her back and right back here, her bone was actually sticking out. The big knob was sticking out right in the back. And she said, I'm scared. What is this? And there was a big knob in her back because her, her, um, her hip bones were being pulled forward so strongly, this little corner was actually sticking out. And so I worked on her um, abdominals. And um, as I was working on her abdominals, she'd been having low back pain for years. And she'd been going every week for massage, wonderful massage therapist. But no one ever worked on the front. They kept working on the back where she had the pain. And as I kept working on her, um, she started remembering things. Like I was working on her abdominals up here, and she was saying, oh, I fell on the handlebars of a bike 20 years ago. It was so painful. She was remembering things that had happened to her. And she actually had something called an emotional release where um, sometimes people can even um, have an emotional reaction. As you release the muscles, they can... Um, you know, all the pain of all these years, she started crying on the table and she was apologizing, saying, I don't know why I'm crying. And um, she was apologizing to me and I just let her know, it's totally fine. Just, you're in a safe place. Would you like me to keep working or would you rather I just stop and hold the area? And she, she was loving the work and she just let it out. And after releasing this whole area, the pain was gone in her low back. And she was so excited to finally have some relief from that pain. So just often we, we don't think about the opposite side. Um, we had someone come to our church teaching just hydrotherapy natural remedies and he was sharing with the church that often if you work on an area of pain and it doesn't resolve itself, put the hot fermentation on the opposite side of the body. And he's been finding results with this treatment. His name is Floyd Mayberry. He was um, sharing this at my church and I was so excited because um, I know why that's working. <laughs> it's always good to treat the opposite side as well. Um, also, tight hamstrings. If someone has really tight hamstrings, I actually worked, someone came to me with low back pain and I did all the things I shared with you and I couldn't find what was causing his pain because I didn't know at that time that tight hamstrings can also pull down. If you think about that dollar bill that was being stretched in different ways, if these hamstrings are tight at the bottom and they're pulling down, they can also cause the low back to become strained or stretched. Often, 
if someone is tight in the hamstrings, they won't be able to raise their leg 90 degrees. Often, it can only go a little bit of the part of the way. They don't have the full range of motion. So what do you think happens when someone like this sits down on a chair? Because they have to be at 90 degrees to be on a chair. Well, the hamstrings only go so far, and the low back stretches the rest of the way. And then no wonder, after someone sat for a while, their low back is killing them because it's being stretched so powerfully. So this is another thing often that gets missed. Hamstrings pull down here and people compensate by stretching the low back. Also, we have a huge muscle on the back called latissimus dorsi. This is the rower's muscle. Pulls your arms back. Um, and bodybuilders call it the hood of the cobra because it kind of comes when it's developed. This is what really, it's a, a very powerful muscle in the back. Well, you can see all this white stuff down here. This is called the aponeurosis. It's just connective tissue that this latissimus connects to. If this muscle gets really tight, it's also pulling on the low back. So this is something else, too, that could be involved in low back pain. So just in general, with low back pain, you want to think about what could be pulling on that area to cause the low back to get kind of stretched or strained. And often, if someone t the more information someone tells you, if they can tell you what happened when their back went out, what action they were doing, um, it can give you a clue as to which of these muscles you may want to look at. So that's pretty much it just for the low back pain and sciatic pain. I hope I just got you thinking about different things. Because so often, when it comes to back pain, people don't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, often people give up. They just start taking the pain meds because nothing, no treatment that they've been given is successful, even the massage sometimes, if people are just working on the painful area. So just think about getting massage in different parts of the body that maybe you wouldn't automatically think of without hearing about this information. That, that's an excellent question, and I'm so glad. So glad you asked that. I know that you both have situational So everything Chiropractic is so powerful and wonderful. I have to tell you a true story. I will never again go to a You want to be careful going to massage therapists and chiropractors and doctors and every. Um, health professionals are like artists. You get good ones and not so good ones. So anytime we entrust our body to someone, we really want to do some research and make sure they're not going to hurt, you know, just see if you have good feedback from people that they've helped. It's always good to do research before just going to someone because there's some wonderful chiropractors that do such great work. And then there are some that can leave you hurt afterwards. And the same thing in the massage therapy profession. You have wonderful massage therapists that do such a good work, and then you have the terrorists that you have to really watch out for. So um, just be careful where you go. Um, and with a chiropractic, doing relaxing the muscles that pull the bones out. That's why the best chiropractors do work with massage and hydrotherapy, loosening the muscles before they align them so that um, then it's, they can be a lot gentler in the alignment because the 
the muscles are no longer pulling it out. So, and then you have a, a longer lasting adjustment as well. So, um, Okay, if the hips get straightened out, there's actually, and I don't, I don't have that in the slide, um, there is actually something that people can do to keep that aligned. And um, some people have a uneven hips, um, just something happened, an accident or something. The sooner you catch it, the easier it is to just realign it and have it just go back to normal. But if someone has had a chronic problem for many years, they're going to have a tendency because it's so neat, the body will actually grow into a position. As the body feels the pull, if it's getting pulled and stretched, the body will actually lay down collagen, which is strength, to be able to resist that pull. And then the next thing, the whole body grows into that dysfunction. So it's a lot harder to change around. So if someone's had a position, had a problem for a long time, or if they have something like scoliosis, um, it's going to be a constant thing that they're, you know, with scoliosis, you have to constantly work against that tendency in the body. So um, some simple tricks, if someone has a low hip, if they can go to the shoe, a shoe place and get a heel lifted about 5 eighths of an inch on the low side, what that does is it forces them to step on the, on the other side and it ends up giving these muscles a break that gets so tight that pull the hip down. So it doesn't mean they have to wear that all the time, but if they start noticing their hips going off, if they just wear that lift in their shoe, it actually helps just by walking around, it helps them to even themselves out. Um, and another thing too that I have found with the pelvis is that especially with someone who's been tight, and I just, once again, my husband has scoliosis, so this is something that I work with a lot, is I got him something called a SI lock belt. It's spelled S-I-L-O-C, SI lock belt, something that you can put under your clothes, and it just provides stability to the SI joint. It just holds the pelvis together. And with people who've had this problem and a, a tendency for a long time, as you loosen it and free it, the body feels unstable. And the body will want to tighten everything up after you've loosened it to stabilize and sometimes they'll want to you know if you if someone wears that little belt under their clothes it just gives their body that stability and then it doesn't want to tighten up so much the little things that people can do besides uh, for my husband I have him stretch all these muscles that we went over and for the TFL you just stick your hip out like you're putting holding a little baby on your hip that stretches that TFL right here QL so as that lunge that we did. And then for obliques, in order to stretch obliques, you want to be sitting down for this because that stabilizes the hips. And then I have my husband turning, twisting like this to stretch the obliques. So he has a specialized little stretch routine he does every day. If he's, you know, he doesn't, all his shoes don't have the lift, but when he goes to, on long hikes and walks, he has his um, shoes have a little lift in them, not a lift in the shoe, but a lift in the heel so that his foot's not being scrunched, but he has the heel built up. He took, I took his shoes to a um, shoe repair shop where they split the heel and built it up so that it just helps him to get evened out. And you know, often with a sciatic pain, it starts with an ankle or knee injury. 
because if your ankle or your knee is injured, what do you do? You step more on the opposite side to prevent that from hurting. And as you compensate for a long time, these muscles, TFL and gluteus medius, get really tight. Then they pull the hips down. And then it's a little pattern. And people end up with sciatic pain, where originally they had a knee, a foot, pain on the other side. It's normally the same side that's hurting where they had the sore knee or the ankle. So anyway, I'm just rambling at this point. But these are just some things that, you, that people can do. And I found with my husband that he goes for a long time without getting tightened up when he maintains himself. But sometimes all of us get busy. Another thing is dehydration. I just have to mention that. Dehydration is so important. If when we get dehydrated, the body actually takes the water from everywhere else. It's not, not as important and uses it to try to try to for cleansing purposes for life. Our muscles get dried out and they get really tight. So if someone has a tendency to get tight in a certain pattern, if they get dehydrated, oh my goodness. And then um, even nutrition. Everything, everything plays a part. There's nothing um, that it's not never massage isn't just all on its own. It works together with the eight laws of health, taking deep breaths, getting oxygen. Um, if, especially milk and sugar, we have to be really careful of that combination because um, I had a non-Avenist, I attended a workshop from a non-Avenist presenter and he was sharing that um, he could tell when people are eating milk and sugar because it makes the muscles so tight and it, it's something we really, really shouldn't be having. Um, We've, I had, we have someone come to the school and teach visceral manipulation, working on the organs, and she could tell by touching our organs which of us were vegan and which of us were not, because the vegans, they had such healthy organs that were just functioning so well. You could tell by touching with those that were eating a lot of dairy and meat, the, um, the organs themselves were hard and they weren't movable and they were painful to the touch. It was really interesting. So everything works together. And I just want to mention, you know, when you think of New Start, um, all of those things affect the muscles in the body. But sometimes people do all the eight principles, and if their body's out of alignment, they'll still have pain. So I really believe it should be a New Start because we need alignment in there as well for perfect health. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and with a herbal medicine, when we put that together with working on the muscles, then you, it's so powerful because you're taking away the cause and you're adding the healing agents. Great, yeah. Yeah, all those things are really, really useful for the joints. It's amazing what can be done. But once again with the joints, if we loosen them, get the muscles loosened so they have space, that now they, the body can really repair with those things that we're using. It's much more effective. And I just wanted to mention about the shoulder. I keep forgetting to bring this up, but um, if you think back to the frozen shoulder recipe I gave you with infraspinatus being really tight, causing frozen shoulder, the other day, I just wanted to mention, um, if you work on someone and you loosen the rotator cuff and afterwards um, it just tightens right back each time after you work on it. Um, I, have, I did work on someone once that had so much relief after I worked on them, but it would tighten back almost immediately. Um, they went and had it checked out and they had a tear in their rotator cuff. 
Now, if someone has a tear in the rotator cuff, the body's trying to, to tighten up to protect that tear. So if we come in there and we're loosening it, the body's just going to tighten right back up again. So if you do some of these techniques and um, the body's just tightening up, the body's trying to, just like the hips, the body tightens up if it feels it's unstable. And they may need that little belt just to give them a little bit of stability. There's something else going on. So um, I had one student too work on someone with that same technique and afterwards the client he loved it during the treatment, but afterwards he had a lot of pain because he had a rotator cuff tear as well. So if someone, if it causes pain, or if someone's just tightening right back after you do this work on the rotator cuff, just have them check with a doctor to see if they have a tear in the rotator cuff, because that's something that, you know, loosing the muscles is not going to help with. So just, so just be aware of that. Sorry. Um, those that I have worked with have gone in for, um, they surgically had it repaired. And then after that, then I could work and loosen the scar tissue from the surgery. And at least their body wasn't fighting against the work in that same way. So just be aware that that does exist as well. Okay, so Carolas has something to share with us. She's going to talk about plantar fasciitis. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com audioverse.org